At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 41 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your musically challenged host, Leroy Luna, coming at you straight out of the closet with an episode that has a little bit of everything. Food, tunes, we got a movie star, a B&E, and of all places, are you sitting down? Because it's a shocker. This one takes place in beautiful, sunny Florida. What? Unbelievable. Like I said, I don't have any musical talents. Well, besides my beautiful singing voice. Always been impressed by someone who can tickle the ivories or grab a guitar and just start strumming away, entertaining everyone by the campfire. Musicians are cool, man. I'm jealous. Not jealous enough to put in the work and develop those skills to call my own, but jealous nonetheless. Alright, I'm excited for this one, so let's crack a joke here before we get into it. I only have one this time via upjoke.com, but it's a long one, and a goodie, and it's Florida-related, so here we go. Okay, so there's two little fleas, and they're laying on a beach in Florida. The first flea, who is working on his tan, looks to the second and asks, Why are you shivering so bad? Flea number two says, Oh, I hitched a ride down here on the mustache of a man who rode a motorcycle, and it almost froze me to death. Flea one says, Why would you do that? Flea 2 goes, how else was I supposed to get here? How'd you do it? Flea 1 goes, listen here. This is what you have to do. Now we fast forward to one year later. The fleas see each other on the same beach, and the second flea is shivering once again, uncontrollably. Flea 1, what happened? Did you follow the plan I gave you? It's worked every time for me. Flea 2 goes, I did exactly what you said. I went into the woman's bathroom, 
and waited until I overheard a woman say she was heading down to Florida. When she turned around, I jumped into the stall, up onto the toilet seat, and when she sat down, I jumped into her bush, and then I fell, <laughs> and then I fell asleep. Flea One says, Then what happened? How did you almost freeze to death again? It's a foolproof plan. Flea Two, I don't know, man. I got comfy, went to sleep, and when I woke up, I was in that goddamn motorcycle man's mustache again. You know what that sound means? Let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to get you back home feeling nice and warm. No mustache rides here. Episode number 41, Banging the Bongos. Hey, have you guys ever been searching for one thing then found another? Happens all the time. For instance, when you're single, it's tough out there finding a new partner. The more you want one, the harder it gets. It's as if everyone can smell the desperation on you, and it ain't an attractive odor. Oftentimes I've found it's when you stop looking and just live your life, focus on things you enjoy. That's when you'll find your partner, when you least expect it. They'll just fall into your lap. This was kind of the theme for this episode. Police are looking for one thing, that's when they stumble upon another. In fact, that's how I also stumbled onto this story. I was googling something out of my own curiosity, and then lo and behold, this nugget of a tale popped up. So, let's travel to Florida so I can tell you all about it. Okay, today we find ourselves in St. Petersburg, Florida, or St. Pete as the locals would call it. St. Pete is a city on Florida's Gulf Coast. In fact, it's located between Tampa Bay and the Gulf of Mexico. St. Pete is known for having very nice weather, earning itself the nickname Sunshine City. Some celebrities born there include, um, wow, slim pickings. You want to know what's crazy these days? When you look up celebrity birthdays, half of these so-called celebs are either YouTubers, influencers, TikTok stars. Pretty pitiful. That reminds me, though, I gotta get back on TikTok and create some content over there. Anywho, the best star I found from St. Pete was logged in at number 36, Mike Rotunda, who came onto my radar in the early 90s in the World Wrestling Federation. He went by the name of Irwin R. Scheister, otherwise known as IRS. He's a great villain with his suit and tie, slick back hair and glasses. A former tax collector who would always harass the fans and his opponents, calling them tax cheats and telling them to pay their fair share. Loved him. Anyways, let's see what our friends at NeighborhoodScout.com have to say about St. Pete. With a crime rate of 39 per 1,000 residents, St. Petersburg has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of all sizes from the smallest towns to the very largest cities. 
One's chance of becoming a victim of either violent or property crime here is 1 in 26. Yikes. We got a beautiful city with beautiful weather and a not-so-beautiful criminal underbelly. On that property crime note, let us travel back to November 7th of 2018. We joined police over at a restaurant called The Chataway, located at 358 22nd Avenue South. They had been called because the night before, the restaurant had been burglarized. Police pour over surveillance footage and they see a man gaining entry to the establishment after hours on the night of January 6th. Let's hear about what went down from manager Amanda Kiddo. Quote, He made himself at home. He spent over an hour just milling around, going room to room, and eating and drinking while he did it. End quote. This guy. It was hard to get a good look at him. He appeared to be somewhere in his 20s and he had his hoodie up the whole time. He stole approximately $500 worth of cash and items. One of the waitresses had left some of her tip money there. He helped himself to that, along with a laptop and a tablet. He then cooked up a plate of chicken wings and washed it down with an ice-cold beer. That's how you do it right there. This guy's a scumbag, but mm 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 That would definitely hit the spot. He also tried to bust into the safe using some tongs and a pot handle. That's according to the Tampa Bay Times. I mean, I'm no safe cracker. Apparently neither is he. But yeah, sounds like a pretty strange technique. Needless to say, he was unsuccessful. After that, he hightailed it out of there with a full belly, some cash, some new technology, and a grocery bag that he filled with brewskis. Not a bad haul at all. Manager Amanda Kiddo, quote, I used to always joke and say that if you're going to break into the Chataway to make sure to grab a beer. And it finally happened. End quote. It's a weird thing to always say. Employees checked out the footage. No one seemed to recognize this dude. And to my knowledge, he was never caught. And that's a wrap on episode number 41, folks. Just kidding. Like I said earlier, sometimes when you're looking for one thing, you find another. An officer rewound the footage even further, perhaps to check for any type of suspicious activity earlier that week. Maybe find this dude case in the joint or something. And that's when they all got quite an eyeful the night before, which was January 5th. They see a naked man roaming the building after hours. I tell ya, this place seems to get it just as much action when it's closed as it does when it's open. Alright, before we get into the real story here, let's learn a little bit more about this fine establishment. The Chataway is described as an old-school, circa 1930s American eatery, known for its burgers and relaxed atmosphere. It just seems like a really nice place. Great people, it's family-owned and operated, they all seem very friendly and welcoming. The place doesn't look like much from the front, but the back patio area is where it's at. A garden oasis patio is how they describe it. Lots of tropical plants and cool lighting. On their website, they also have what they call a charming music venue for our local budding musicians. There's a guy chilling there playing music in a very intimate area with picnic tables for seating. They're also dog friendly. You can bring your pooch on the patio. That's something you don't usually see. I'd love to check this place out sometime. Unfortunately with all these stories I come across, I'm too afraid to take the family to Florida. <laughs> Maybe one day though. Okay, back to the story. Actually, screw it. Uh, let's get a couple of reviews in here. You know I can't resist. They have a 4.5 star rating with 1,545 Google reviews. Here's one from Brand Flakes that came in just last week. The best. 
We love this place. Great staff, great food, great feel. If you've not been, go. If you've gone, well, we know we will all go again. Great place all around. Five stars. The next one comes in five months ago from G. de Coutu. Sounds French. Quote, first time here and I was attracted by their garden inside. Claw bathtubs all around the property. Such a cute little place. Tammy, my server, was amazing and very friendly. Their outdoor patio almost felt whimsical. The food was good. I love the lobster chowder. The indoor seating was so beautiful. They only accept cash, but they have an ATM on site. End quote. Yeah, I feel like my description of the place doesn't do it justice. The patio area, it's outside, but it's all kind of closed in and cozy. There's like little Christmas lights all around. A small pond, plants, the seating. It's all super cool. People clearly like it. So much, in fact... They're going in even when the place isn't open. I should actually point out, although it's laid back, seems like a nice place to polish off some drinks with your friends, it does kind of close early. Uh, 9.30pm on weeknights and 10 o'clock on weekends. It's not really a late night bar hangout. Okay, let's get back into it. November 5th, 2018. It was a Monday night. Through the surveillance footage, we see a thin, balding, gray-haired dude rolling up on a bicycle. He moves around a few things and he is able to gain entry through a shed out back. He then makes his way to the restroom. Takes a dump, perhaps. Not sure what he did in there. But when he comes out, he is buck-ass naked. He takes a seat at one of the picnic tables and chows down on a nice meal. Not a plate of wings and ice cold beer like scumbag number one, though. Now this guy brought his own food to the picnic. He is eating a steaming cup of Maruchin Instant Lunch Ramen. That's how everyone's describing it. It's a cup of ramen noodles. Love them. Uh, One of those 50 cent or less jobbies. The cheap stuff. I'm not familiar with this particular brand. I eat Mr. Noodles on occasion. Might have to make the switch though, because they look dynamite. These delicious noodle cups are great for on-the-go snacks. Just add hot water. That's what the website says. Uh, When the mystery man finished his feast, he then spray-painted a few chairs and a pickle jar. Uh, The employees didn't even notice this. I don't think he did it in a graffiti-like way. He was just adding a fresh coat of paint. After that, he went to where the musical instruments are kept. He then sat his bare ass down and started playing the bongos. Something liberating about strutting around a place totally naked, playing some music. What is it about those bongos, man? They really do feel like a clothing-optional instrument. Uh, When the dude was done playing his set, he neatly put everything back where he found it, exited back through the shed, hopped on his bike, and hightailed it out of there. Chad Pearson, a server at the Chataway, said, He came in with pants on, but he rode off on the bike without pants. I'm not sure if he took his pants with him, but we didn't find them. We still don't know where his pants are. End quote. After this footage made the rounds around the restaurant, and upon closer inspection from management, they did indeed recognize the buck-naked bongo banger. They actually knew him fairly well. He was a gentleman who had fallen on rough times, a homeless man, who was living out of his rundown vehicle. Robert Brown. He was actually employed by the restaurant on occasion as well. He was one of those budding musicians, entertaining diners with his musical talents on the guitar. Not the bongos. That was for private shows only. 
So what's the story here? That still doesn't explain what he was doing in the restaurant after hours, right? Don't worry, we're going to get some answers. Winona Kiddo, one of the co-owners of the Chataway, she's a fantastic lady. She was trying to help Robert out a little. She knows he's a good dude, but down on his luck and needs some compassion. She says, quote, he's a great musician. And you know, I think he needs that chance. End quote. He is good, by the way. I heard him singing for uh, maybe five seconds, but I enjoyed every uh, second of it. <laughs> I don't know. He's all right, I guess. Uh, let's hear Robert's version of events and see if we can make some sense of his late night shenanigans. Bare butt, bongo, banging, Bobby Brown quote. It's kind of a little embarrassing what happened. Winona said that I could use the restroom, park my car here, and I did have some equipment in the back room there. I knew I had access to the restroom, so I went in and I cleaned myself up, washed my clothes, and apparently that's when I was naked. End quote. So he had a key to the storage shed out back and had permission to use the bathroom to wash up or whatever. Uh, to pay back the favor a little, Rob cleaned up the storage shed and had a little stash of ramen noodles in there. So surprisingly, that all kind of makes sense now. It was nice of Winona to let him wash up in there. I doubt strutting around naked was part of the deal. No one was supposed to see that. <laughs> That's just something unfortunate he has to deal with now. A little unsanitary having his bare ass cheeks on the same bench that unknowing patrons would be using just hours later while eating, but whatever. When asked about all the attention this story received, selfless Winona was more concerned about Robert than her own feelings. Quote, I'm okay with it. I just hope he's okay with it. I mean, not everybody wants to show their fabulous tush, you know? <laughs> fabulous indeed. As for Robert, he's hoping to parlay the attention into some type of steady employment. Quote, I'm looking for work. I want work. End quote. A day after the story broke, they had a good sense of humor about it, posting the story on the Chataway Facebook page with a picture of Robert performing. They wrote, Introducing the Naked Bandit, Robert. Some comments from the customers. Don asked, Will you be adding Robert's ramen noodles to the menu? Uh, there were lots of kind words and support for Robert on there, with Sally also saying, Hashtag GoFundMe. Somebody start one for him. Man needs a shower, food, and some clothes. I will donate. End quote. Probably needs a lot more than that. I'm sure most of all he'd appreciate a good job opportunity. It's had to be embarrassing for the guy, but all that attention could be a blessing in disguise. I really hope someone saw this and helped him out in a big way. As usual, I was a bit rushed banging this one out, but I 100% will be messaging the chat away and checking in to see if they have an update on our boy Robert. Hopefully it's good news, and I'll get back to you with their answer. With all this talk about Robert Brown banging the bongos in the buff, some of you can probably guess how I stumbled upon this story. I briefly mentioned Matthew McConaughey in the Austin Foot Stomper case in episode 40. That got me thinking about him a little more, and it's pretty well known that Matthew had been arrested about 20 years ago for something similar, playing the bongos naked in his home. So that's what I was Googling in my spare time. That's right. It's the kind of thing I do in my downtime. Go ahead, judge me. And yeah, when I typed in naked bongo incident, this story popped up along with McConaughey. And I guess it was meant to be. I have a very special treat. Actually, I have Matthew McConaughey on the line here. Yeah, I was able to get a hold of him. 
Uh, and he agreed to explain what happened that night in detail. This is very exciting. Hey, Matthew, how you doing, buddy? You there? I'm all right, all right, all right. How you doing, Leroy? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for asking. Now, I know you're a busy guy, so hey, the floor is yours. Tell us what went down on that infamous night in 1999. That's right. I'm very busy. Lots of films, lots of car commercials. You know, stuff like that. But hey, I wanted to set the record straight. And what better platform to do it than on a semi-successful softcore true crime podcast like yours, brother. It was a no-brainer to come on the show. So here goes. Now let me preface this by saying I had been up partying for 32 hours already. And at this point, I just wanted to get high and get my groove on. It was time to smoke a bowl and listen to the beautiful African melodic beats of Henri de Congue play through my home speakers. It was time to stand over my drum set and follow the rhythm of the blues before they got to Memphis on my favorite Afro-Cuban drum. It was time for a jam session. What I didn't know was that while I was banging away in my bliss on those bongos, two Austin policemen also thought it was time to barge into my house unannounced, wrestle me to the ground with nightsticks, handcuff me and pin me to the floor. I was naked at the time. This was all in my autobiography called Green Lights, by the way. Order now, you won't be disappointed. Anyways, I was not pleased the officers had just come into my home and ruined my peaceful bong-filled, pardon me, bongo-filled evening. But I had a plan. I was going to impress those cops, damn it. They escorted me out of my house through the courtyard, entry on the way to the street. Still naked and reluctant to submit to the inevitability of my predicament, I got relative and decided it would be a clever idea to run up the walls left and right of the gated passageway and do a somersault backflip over the cornhusker cop who was guiding me from behind. My thinking was that in mid-flight, while upside down in the air, I could assume a pike position and then slide my cuffed wrists under my butt and up over my legs, then stick the landing behind the corn husker, now with my fettered hands in front of me. My rationale at the time was that after pulling off such an extraordinary Houdini-like stunt, the officers would be so impressed that they would abrogate the arrest and set me free. I know, stupid, but remember, I'd been celebrating for 32 and a half hours straight. Things just didn't work out as planned. I was playing those bongos pretty loudly at 2.30 a.m. Anyways, after all was said and done, I paid a $50 fine... And the rest, as they say, is history. All right. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 41. 
banging on the bongos. I want to thank Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I want to thank Matthew McConaughey for coming on and sharing his story and really setting the record straight. That was, um, that was something. Weird dude. Pretty sure that just confused everyone more than anything. He does have a way with words, though. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. Alright, you know what time it is. Listener confession time, baby. So let's get criminal, criminal. I wanna get criminal. Da, 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 da. Oh, hey, it's me again. I will be voicing this criminal confession from longtime listener Ethan. Hey, my name is Ethan. Been listening to the show for a while. I do landscaping now, so I have fly through podcasts. Just can't get enough. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you about what I like to call the Dairy Queen incident. I was 14 years old, hanging with my brothers and a family friend. They were quite a bit older than me, ranging from one year to about six years older. And so I was just happy to be hanging out with the big boys. We had gotten our hands on some poppets. We live in a small town in Texas. So we couldn't get the small poppets. We got the Texas-sized poppets. The poppets what you get for the 4th of July. Time out for a second. In case anyone is like myself and unfamiliar with the term poppets, they are small novelty fireworks that make a loud noise when thrown against a hard surface. Also called bang snaps, snappers, throwdowns, or poppers. Makes sense. Anywho, back to the story. So we were driving around our small town of about 4,000 people, and we would throw these poppets across the highway and on the ground near people if we drove by them to scare them. You know, teenage stuff. Well, we were all having a lot of fun doing this. So we decided to pull into Dairy Queen to grab a quick ice cream cone to make the ride home even better. Hell yeah. Well... When we parked the truck, this lady comes storming up to us. Ice cream smashed in hand, and she is cussing us out. I have no idea what's happening. This lady's cursing us out. Ice cream is dripping on the ground. She goes, Why did you throw that shit at me? Thinking she's meaning the ice cream cone, we're like, Ma'am, we didn't throw ice cream at you. We haven't even gone through the drive-thru or gone inside yet, and we wouldn't waste an ice cream cone. She cursed us out for a few more minutes until she finally leaves. So we get our ice cream, get back into the uh, vehicle, and that's when my brother in the front seat confesses. Apparently, as we were pulling into the Dairy Queen, he had chucked a Texas-sized poppet in a vehicle that was pulling out, scaring the lady half to death. She slams on the brakes, apparently smashed her cone against the steering wheel, and all over the place, and that's when she came over and laid into us. My brother in the front seat knew exactly what he did and was trying not to laugh the whole time. At least she didn't call the cops, because we had a bunch of poppets in the car, and that probably wouldn't have gone over too well. I still feel bad for that lady. We ruined her Dairy Queen ice cream. And if she's listening, thank you for not calling the cops, and I'm sorry. Well, that's one of my many stories of low-level true crime. Hopefully you have a great day, and hope it don't get too hot in that there closet. Thank you for that, Ethan. Oh yeah, boys will be boys. And yeah, it is way too hot in this closet. Thanks for reminding me. That story made me want to go out and get some ice cream, though. And cool down. Mm-mm-mm. Excuse me, that's legal at gmail.com. 
Send in your listener confessions, and like my boy Ethan here, you too could have your story on a future show. All right, I would now like to get everyone's attention as we induct 10 more members into the elite group known as the Neighborhood Watch. Monica G. Jessica S. Tommy T. Beth W. Principessa. Lisa M. Katie B. Dildo Swaggins. Kylie B. And Victoria P. You are now members of the Neighborhood Watch. Let's sound the air horns to make it official. Thank you so much for joining. Really means a lot. For the price of a Big Mac a month, you too can sign up on Patreon and become a member of this elite club. Patreon.com slash, excuse me, that's illegal. Link in the show notes. That's all I got for you for today, folks. Come join me right here in another 10 days for some more softcore scum baggery. Peace. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.